Money FM 89.3. Best of the evening runway. Market View on Money FM 89.3. That's right, you're listening to Money FM 89.3 and it's now time for Market View where we take a look at how the Singapore stock market is likely to close for the day, the biggest movers, sectors and companies to watch. But as always, a quick recap of how we started. Well, Singapore shares were pulled into the positive territory today following overnight gains on global equity markets. In early trade, the Straits Times Index headed up 0.3% to 3,195 points after some 31 million securities changed hands in the broader market. Now, closing numbers are still firming up, but here's what I have on my screen. The Straits Times Index up 0.32% at 3,197 points. In terms of value turnover, that's 797 million sing dollars. Gainers outnumbered losers 281 versus 254. Top five movers by value we have here DBS, UOB, Singtel, OCBC and Semco Industries. Heavily traded Securities included C-Trim, MM2 Asia and Thai Beverage. Now, as REITs are in focus today, after the Singapore's REIT benchmark, DIHS REIT Index, delivered total returns of 6.6% in 2023. Now, elsewhere from healthcare giants, the likes of GNJ, Merck and Boston Scientific, going on a 6.4 billion US dollar buying spree to the outlook for the chip sector in 2024. More international headlines in focus, also on the table. What loose parts found on some seven 37 max Boeing planes mean for airlines amid the ongoing global travel recovery. Joining me on the line is Kun Go, Head of Asia Research at ANZ as we unpack all the developments. Kun, welcome. Hi. And Kun, let's start with the Singapore stock market as usual. How has the STI fed so far as investors await for that latest US inflation numbers out late in a week? Yeah, well, the STI was up around 0.3%. I must say the gains were a bit lackluster given the strong mm. rally that we had in Wall Street. Uh, I guess investors in the region are still somewhat cautious, uh, preferring to wait for the CPI numbers uh, to reassess and see whether or not uh, to uh, put on more risk in this region. Right, and just to give you a sense of how US market fed in the previous session, we are looking at gains of 2.2% for the Nasdaq and 1.41% for the S&P. And uh, Kun, I do want to talk a little bit about the outlook for S-REITs in 2024. For one thing, DBS Group Research thinks it is time for investors to invest in S-REITs because if we look at the Singapore REIT benchmark, the IHS REIT index, delivered total returns of 6.6% last year, assuming dividends were reinvested. And that is stronger than the 4.7% of the total returns from the market benchmark, which is the STI. What's your take on this? Is it a time to look at S-REITs? I think it's certainly uh, becoming more attractive. And the main reason is that we expecting interest rates to start coming down this mm. year. And if you look at last year, the real challenge for REITs is really the rising uh, interest rate environment. And there was concerns when US 10-year yields, especially when it reached 5%, mm. uh, what they might do for future uh, funding and financing costs uh, for the REIT sector, and that's the reason why they were quite battered last year. But now with the uh, REITs coming off, uh, and that outlook has suddenly brightened, uh, mm. I think the uh, situation has suddenly changed, and uh, the yield is uh, fairly attractive at the moment. Uh, if US yields start to come down, I mm. think we'll start to see more interest uh, starting to return to the REIT sector. Right. And Kun, if I may follow up on that, right, if we look at the different types of S-REITs, uh, we've seen some outperformance in uh, 
data center reads as well. What kind of reads will you be setting your sights on? Well, I think it uh, really depends on the sector or even the geographical exposure. Yeah. I think for Singapore-based investors, uh, we have to be concerned about uh, potential FX exposure as well. And, you know, Singapore is extremely strong and we expect Singapore to continue to strengthen this year. Uh, so for those uh, REITs that are exposed to uh, outside markets, uh, there could be a potential effect. Uh, effect. Uh, and also uh, the composition of the findings, for example, while data centers have done well, uh, we have had instances where, for example, capital DC REIT uh, was uh, sold down temporarily when there were issues around one uh, client uh, mm. which uh, had issues with payments. So I think uh, the, the exposure to the client is important, the geographical coverage is important, and uh, of course the this uh, tenure is also something that investors should try and take into account. Hmm. And let's zoom in on the chip sector, Kuhn. It seems like things are looking up. NVIDIA surging to a record high close yesterday, the firm announcing some AI-related components there. If we look at Asia, SK Hynix's market value also expected to double over the next three years amid that AI memory boom. Should AI be a key driver of future performance, what is the outlook then for the industry come 2024? Look, I believe that the AI boost to the chip sector is certainly here to stay for quite some time. But I think if you look across uh, the various uh, companies and sectors, not all companies are exposed to that yeah. uh, end of, of the town. I mean, we saw Samsung, for example, deliver disappointing earnings results. Yeah. So Samsung does have exposure to AI. Uh, it's largely also a consumer uh, business. Uh, and that aspect of it is uh, the one that's driving it down. Uh, for you know, more pure AI uh, companies, I think uh, next week we're going to have TSMC uh, reporting the earnings. I think that's going to be quite important to get a gauge of uh, whether or not the demand for AI-related uh, chips continues to, to hold up and whether or not that's going to support uh, the current lofty valuations for some of the uh, semiconductor stocks such as NVIDIA. Hmm. And as you said, not all, you know, chip companies seeing the same picture because they are those that are targeting consumer electronics. We are looking at the likes of Global Foundries, Samsung and etc. How will the AI boom reshape the competitive landscape within the chip sector then? I think you're going to start to see uh, something akin to an uh, arms race amongst the semiconductor companies. Mm-hmm. Uh, the AI-related chips are obviously attract a much higher pricing and much higher margins. Uh, so there's going to be a continual race towards you know, continuing to move uh, towards that particular area and away from uh, the consumer products where margins and pricing tends to be quite low. Uh, so for now, I think the companies that are able to get ahead, and at this stage, it's quite clear that companies like NVIDIA is well ahead. Uh, the question is whether or not uh, other companies can catch up. Uh, mm. If not, then... And media, it looks like they can continue to uh, power ahead. Uh, yeah. And other companies that can't uh, match, I think they'll continue to find themselves lagging behind. Right. If you're just tuning in, we're now in conversation with Kungo, head of Asia Research at ANZ. Uh, Kun, let's take a look at what's happening around the world. We've got more than 6.4 billion US dollars in healthcare deals announced yesterday as the annual JP Morgan Healthcare Conference kicked off in San Francisco. We're talking about acquisitions by the likes of Merck and Co., Boston Scientific, Johnson and Johnson. Why are we seeing a flurry of deals right now? Are players on the lookout for the next blockbuster medicine? 
Uh, yes, so in the healthcare sector in particular, and well, generally speaking, m and activity has been uh, pretty weak last year. Uh, mm. Back amidst the uh, rising rates environment that we've seen in the last 15 months, uh, and also, of course, the uncertain uh, outlook and the geopolitical tensions that we had. Uh, but as we enter 2024, I think there's been quite a, a lot of things that have improved. I think, as I mentioned earlier, the Fed looks like they'll be uh, in a position to start cutting rates. Uh, so I think that's uh, encouraging uh, companies, particularly those that have uh, access cash, to start to put that to work. Now, in the healthcare sector in particular and big pharma, I mm-hmm. think there's been a, a lack of any uh, major breakthrough uh, in terms of um, new pipeline of drugs. So I think this uh, MMA speed that we're seeing is uh, perhaps uh, one way for them to try and secure a new pipeline uh, in order to grow uh, their revenues. Uh, so I think we're going to start to see uh, the big companies start around uh, for the medium to smaller ones to look for uh, more acquisition opportunities. And I think this could be the start of an uh, increase in M&A activity, not only just in healthcare, but I think generally in other sectors as well. Hmm. And don't mind me asking this, Akun. Last year, we've seen the interest surrounding obesity and diabetes-related medicines, the likes of Wegovy and and, and all. Do you think that positive momentum we saw earlier has lost steam so far? Uh, Well, I think uh, there's certainly been a lot of hype uh, around that. Mm -hmm. uh, And that's also had some negative knock-on effect on um, companies that um, make food or that's the concerns that demand for those products might taper uh, off. Mm-hmm. But I think so far we haven't really seen uh, huge evidence that there's been any discernible uh, decline in demand for uh, you know food consumption or things like that. Uh, so perhaps you know we're starting to see a little bit of that uh, hype uh, die down. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, I think uh, let's 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 see how 2024 unfolds. Yeah. And before we let you go, Kuhn, uh, let's talk a bit about Boeing and the aviation industry because Boeing's latest 737 MAX crisis deepened. United Airlines and Alaska Airlines said they had found loose parts on multiple grounded MAX 9 aircraft. Uh, what is the broader contingent risk on the airline or aviation industry? I mean, impact on capacity at a time where airlines are supposed to recoup pandemic losses, I suppose, is not looking too good? Yeah, so this is a, a blow for Boeing and also for the sector, which you know, is continuing to recover quite uh, nicely. And hence, uh, there's going to be increased demand for a new aircraft. Uh, so we might start to see, you know, maybe some um, uh, limitations in uh, how much new capacity can be added. Uh, of course, uh, that would also mean that airlines will likely continue to put, uh, you know, have more pricing power and keep the airfares higher uh, for longer uh, if you don't see a commensurate increase in the supply to meet the increase in the demand. Uh, at the moment, we know that the you know, global airline industry um, is dominated by just two players. Mm. Uh, if uh, the Boeing rules continue, then obviously that's going to be uh, positive uh, for, for Airbus. Right, I suppose lots to watch in the new year. Thanks a lot, Kun. That was Kun Go, head of Asia Research at ANZ. Thank you very much for joining us on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.